be hearing from Nigel. Lord Nigel Farage. Sir <laughs> Nigel Farage. Earl of John Smith, extra smooth. Defender of the realm and the Queen's Garter. I thought that was Jacob. I thought that was Reese Mogg, like Defender of the Realm. Okay. The knight, you know the knight meme of him, like lying down. <laughs> no. I know you know when they um someone uh, I think it might have been some Labour MP. Um, she made it so that you could actually there was no formal dress code for oh. the House of Commons anymore. Right, right. And then right, the meme right. was like Jacob shows up in his like knight armor. <laughs> <laughs> All right, should we do intro? I just got to suck myself up a sec. Ladies and gentlemen, Nigel Farage has threatened a return to frontline politics. When was he ever on the frontline? Which has triggered us here at the Ill-Informed Insight podcast to end our hiatus and to rise from our slumber to chat bollocks about how Brexit is going. And oh boy, Trump's in town just to throw some gasoline on an already open flame. I'm Tom and I'm joined by Tim. Hello. And like Tom says, I too have been roused from my sleep that all the current bullshit going on and i felt like i had to say something because it's farage blew the horn the battle horn exactly it was Ah. like uh lord of the rings three (laughs) and all the nationalists rose up (laughs) storm over the you know um i felt like i had to speak up because obviously this will influence public opinion massively this show so i felt like i had to do my bit because of the current bullshit that's going on we've got to add to the malaise that's what everyone does yeah And on this episode, we'll be discussing Trump in a little moment. But first, Theresa May's government has finally released its EU negotiation proposals in a white paper that's infuriated many a Brexiteer. Well, I hope she's out within a fortnight, personally. She's a, I mean, she, oh, no, I mean, this is the worst prime minister I've seen in my lifetime uh, in terms of her ability, her authority to lead. She doesn't have it. She's deeply out of her depth. And she's trying through Brexit to hold together both wings of her. Are you party. angry because she's not calling you? Is that what this is about? Because mm. you put her in She wouldn't even, she wouldn't even, like she wouldn't even speak to me. I was a businessman who went into politics because I wanted to change things. I thought I had changed things. Now I see this woman, uh, prime minister, trying to overturn all of our achievements and if they don't get rid of her and don't get it back on track then I will next spring come back into the front line of British politics and I tell you what if I have to do this again next time no more Mr Nice Guy no more Mr Nice Guy well, he was fucking horrible to start with you'll be in trouble <laughs> anyone who stands against him my god do you think he'll just be like overtly racist now he'll, he'll have like a couple of pints before every uh yeah i want it yeah i do want him to embrace that fully like every interview i want him to have like a pint in one hand he fag gets, in the other. i've seen him get angry in interviews before and it's when there's like blatant you know lies being told <laughs> people are angry people Why? don't people don't know how angry they are yet i'm already a bit angry but most people don't realize how angry they are really if you think we're basically we've thanks to Theresa may and her dithering which is all she ever did when she was a, a home secretary she dithered took a long time to make decisions yeah okay so we, we signed article 50 well what we, we, we voted to leave europe two years ago and the tories only came to agreement among themselves about what to do two days ago and in two days and that well, was, last week at yeah. uh, the checkers yeah. the stately home 
and that has already all fallen apart with the foreign secretary resigning boris johnson and david davis the eu secretary resigning to provide context on this theresa may's government has finally released what's called a white paper anyone who doesn't know a white paper is basically it's like uh, an official document from the government letting the public and uh, the opposition know this is what our intention is in terms of future legislation and things like that yeah and so in terms of brexit theresa may has finally actually come up with a proposal to offer the eu in terms of this is actually what we want you've waited two years to hear what we want and this is it no, no. she that's that that's what she says she's done that's what she says she's well, that's done what it is. and in, in a court of law you could probably say that's what she's done but what she's really done is just dither and she's just you know like those magicians that put a, a ball under a cup and move it around that's all she's been doing that's all her job is it's just to delay that things sounds more like labor and obfuscate things but she's moved stuff around tom what i was getting at is two years down the line despite the result of the referendum we're actually back at the place we were before the referendum where you've got pretty much because you've lost johnson because you've lost davis you've basically got a cabinet running the country they all voted remain they all voted remain but yeah it's like we're kind of still not quite at the point where we should have been before we triggered article 50 which is what march 2017 well this white paper let's go let's go through the kind of basics of what's in the white paper so the Tories were divided. Everyone, like famously, everyone knew the cabinet, the Tory cabinet was split between hard Brexit and soft Brexit, essentially. And uh, Boris Johnson, David Davis, they made a big sort of like a threat to Theresa May. Like, look, it's got to be hard Brexit. Otherwise, anything less, you're not really delivering Brexit and the Tories will be out of power forever, blah, 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 that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And so they go, Theresa May takes them to Chequers, which is like a country estate, about 40 miles, uh, somewhere in Buckinghamshire, right? Which is about 40 miles outside of London. Yeah. Jimmy Savile spent every Christmas there oh, for Jesus. about 10 oh, years. No wonder they don't go there anymore much then. Yeah, no, it, it used to, it's the official Prime Minister's residence outside of London. Yeah. But it's like fucking Freemason pedo central, <laughs> you know, even the name Chequers, Checkerboard, you know. Well, the idea was they would lock, the cabinet, Tory cabinet would lock themselves inside Chequers and not come out until they had agreed a position on the white paper, like what should be in it. David Davis arrives. Now, David Davis runs the department called DEXEU, DEXEU, D-E-X-E-U, the Department for Exiting the European Union. And so he thought, it's basically my job to exit, to come up with the plan, to be like, to actually write the white paper. And so he arrives and Theresa May says to him, yeah, we've, ri- we've written the plan up already, like other members of the cabinet, the more Europhile remain side of the cabinet. Basically Philip Hammond. And like, so David Davis is pointless. Yeah. The whole thing he's been doing the last two years, absolute waste of time. Yeah. So he resigns because obviously what's the point of him? I think that was a, a principled resignation. Whereas Boris Johnson, former foreign secretary. Yeah. He agreed to it. Like Theresa May pulled a move that was actually quite presidential. Like she issued an ultimatum to her cabinet where she goes like, listen, you, you agree what's in, we've come up to put in this white paper or you resign. Oh, yeah. And she- at Checkers, there's a driveway that's like a mile long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so obviously, they lose their private driver. So they'd have to walk a mile down to the end of the driveway yeah. to like get a cab. And she was reliant on them all being lazy cunts. Well, but Boris she forgot- is a lazy cunt. He si- he? No, but she forgot, that she forgot that Boris cycled to work most days when he was mayor of London. So he's got, <laughs> a, bit, he's got, a, bit, he's got a bit of cardio. Oh, right. Okay. He didn't resign on the Friday. He agreed to it on the Friday. Yeah. But By then- Monday, he changed his mind and resigned. Boris, Boris uh, what's his face? Donald Trump probably gave him a phone call i think it was a cynical move by boris 
Because you know he had a, a like was, a professional photographer there for when he signed his resignation. He's, he's the only he's shit. the only politician in history who's ever hired a professional photographer to take a picture of him signing, signing his, cabinet, his resignation. Yeah. And he was like, you know, he'd had his hair done for the photo and everything. <laughs> I hope he's going to sell like autograph like, copies. Was he going to frame it though? Or something? No, definitely. And like, it's probably you could probably buy copies of it on his website. But you're so vain. It's very calculated. Do you say calculated? Well, he announced. He, um, he told number political. 10. He told number 10 in the morning, like, well, sort of afternoon-ish. Yeah. I'm going to resign later tonight, around 7 o'clock, whatever. And then number 10 undercut him and announced to they, the press. They leaked it, didn't they? Yeah. Bit of a, a knife knife in the back there from Theresa May to Boris. I think that day, knives were, were flying, you know, people were ducking them from both directions. But like I say, she hasn't, I think she's acting like she's gotten away scot-free, but I, I, I give her two more weeks. It's the 14th of July, so... This was my prediction on the last episode. Oh, right. That um, Amber Rudd and Theresa May would be gone by the end of July. No, I didn't predict that on the episode. I predicted that on Facebook, sorry. Okay. But I predicted they'd both be gone by the end of July. Amber Rudd went sooner than I thought. She dived in front of the bullet yeah. that was meant for Theresa May. <laughs> Let's talk the white paper and what's in it. Okay. So it's largely been met with outrage from Brexiteers, particularly the kind of hard Brexiteers, the ones that want out of the single market and the customs union. Yeah, the ones who want to be a sovereign, independent nation making its own laws. They're upset at the fact that effectively, when it comes at the very least to uh, like consumer products, food products, things like that, we're still effectively in the customs union, even though officially we'd be outside of it. There's like, there's like, this white paper's got a lot of fudging to it, a lot of equivocation, like euphemisms. Yeah, it was talking about, and that was the great thing. I normally can't stand the man, uh, Keir Starmer, but he, he'd, he'd only had literally five minutes to, to read it. Yeah, 104 and, pages. And he just flicked through it, but he, he, he was able to pick up like three or four bits that were just obviously bullshit. And he asked, he asked him about it and he was like, these words like facilitation and it doesn't actually mean anything. Application, facilitation of the EU could rip it business up contracts. Time, it's, right. it's just airy fairy. It's not actual well, one, words. One euphemism, the common rule book. What is that? It's basically a euphemism for saying Britain will be what the, in common parlance is a rule taker, not a rule maker. The common rule book, which is written, the rule book is written by the EU. Yeah. It's owned by the EU. And it's a one way direction. You, you've, you've got to pay the EU just yeah. to have a copy of that rule book in your library. <laughs> but this, listen to the bullshit that was in the white paper, right? They're saying, oh, yeah, look, they all, EU, like always, will come up with their regulations and their standards for consumer products and food products and we'll adopt them automatically because we'd have no choice. But the EU would have to consult our, quote, experts first. So anytime, like, this is what the Tory sort of pipe dream is. The EU will make their regulations like normal, but they'll consult Britain first, even though Britain isn't actually, it would have left the EU. It's a pipe dream. And yeah. Th- there is no way the EU is going to go for that. And there's also some, um, some fudging of, like, Devon fudge proportions um, on the freedom of movement thing as well, where they, they tried to separate... Single market access. Yeah, they tried to separate um, service industries um, from all the other industries so they could get, like, special dispensation for freedom of movement. And But they want, especially the city, the like financial centres, they want passporting rights. They want free movement. Well, they want a nanny that they can pay £10 a week. That's what it boils down to. Yeah, they want to, like... <laughs> they want someone... If they work for a French bank or a Swiss bank or, like, do you know what I mean? Like, a, maybe not a Swiss bank, but a German bank or whatever. They want to be able to move freely mm. back and forth, the con- like, from the, uh, this island, this humble little island to the continent. But does it feel like 
taken back control that we're still taking regulations and it's rules not, from Brussels. It's 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 a derivation from what even the most stupid Brexit voter and Obviously, there must be one or two, but isn't it sad that if you voted for Brexit, you've been labelled as somehow a racist, intellectually, intellectually inferior? Okay, but even your intellectual inferiors, when 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 they when they ticked that box to vote, it was very clear, even on the voting slip. You know, it was to leave the customs union and the European Union and. Did they say that? I well, think it just said, do you want to leave yeah, the European but Union? They yes knew no. that they, the people voted to completely disconnect from that, even though that might be economically suicidal who cares that's 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 the truth we must stick to the truth yeah i think the public's willing to take an economic hit of course but like they've tried to fudge it they've tried to pass a sly one mm. under the nose of the british public but the british public smell bullshit like they're trying to say that um we could deviate we could opt out of some of the eu regulations and standards and what have you so why don't you just but, do it now there'd be consequences for that. And the white paper acknowledges that there are going to be consequences for not taking EU rules. I, you're not going to get market access, but it tries to be defiant and triumph, triumphantly announce the EU is going to show us proper respect, but there's no actual reason for the EU to do that. Like, we don't really have any leverage. The white paper uses the phrase equivalence rather a lot, and it's trying to assert itself in a sense of Britain would be viewed, even though we'd be outside of the EU, the EU would respect us and view us effectively as still being a member. So it's still in that pie-in-the-sky territory of, like, officially we're outside the EU, but unofficially everything's still the same. Yeah, and the, Everything's changed, but everything's yeah. the same. And, and the big joke is, is, like, en- anybody on either side who thinks they can speak for the EU or predict what the EU is going to do. Because you don't, the EU is like a collection of like 27 different countries. You can't, you can't say they're going to do this, they're going to do that. They have their red lines though. Mm. And one of those red lines is Britain can't have it both ways. Yeah. They can't be half in, half out. And that's exactly what this white paper is trying to do. Like it comes across more as like an attempt to appease uh, like the Europhile side of parliament on the one hand and leave voters on the other. I just the ones who don't want hard Brexit. It's just so short-sighted. It's like, why can't people see our country's potential as as a as a specialist singular entity? Mercantile states. Yeah. Because what did you make of the tariff collection aspect of the white paper? Well, we'll basically be the EU's taxman. Yeah, and the EU would have to trust us to be their taxman. It kind of is like stated that the EU would have little to no oversight over the process. They're not going to agree to that, are they, Michel Barnier and? Donald Tusk, no. uh, that drunkard Juncker. Did you see the footage of him falling over this week? Literally staggering drunk. And the other guys were trying to hold him up, which I thought... And they just accept it, though. Well, that, but, but that's what I thought. I thought that I know was... he's going to show up That drunk. was a great meme. Uh, you know how a picture... EU, you know how like a, a, You know how a picture tells a thousand words? Well, like, fucking meme video is a litany of a life story. And it just goes to show that these guys were prepared to literally prop up this fucking drunkard and imbecile just to maintain the facade of their um, superiority he couldn't walk down the red carpet i know and they were like trying to surround him so the cameras couldn't see (laughs) him and it just it was just the perfect example in why haven't they got rid of him in exegesis of how all these politicians they're just self-serving they cover up for each other they prop each other up literally they're just bags of shit man Oh, I felt good. I got that off my chest. Do you think like a super bureaucracy would have a mechanism for getting rid of someone who's an alcoholic? No, instead it gives them a gold-plated pension. <laughs> but, like, yeah, like when it comes to tariffs, we'd be collecting them, 
paying them to the EU, and the EU would just have to trust that we're not skimming anything off of the top, and like you know, we're doing it properly and on time. But again, it's again, it's um, it would it would just mire us in in more bond, bonds, chains, and just links that we that It'd be people, a nightmare that people didn't vote for. We didn't vote for this integration of bureaucracy. Well, yeah, for those companies you that know, do trade with the EU, it would be pe- a logistical nightmare. You know, let people integrate socially and emotionally and spiritually. You don't need a fucking government agreement for people to do that. In terms of what goes in and out of the EU from the UK, very bold, this white paper, is saying we would decide on our own and, like, the EU, again, would have to entrust to us completely that we would be getting it right and making sure that nothing that wasn't supposed to be in the EU is getting in. Do you think the French farmers would like that? No. France no one will in be the EU on fire like within a week of like <laughs> burning sheep carcasses at every junction. It's you know, it's, that's what I mean though. It's like it's not just Juncker you have to win over. It's mm. like a um a Greek guy who hasn't paid tax since the 60s, <laughs> <laughs> you know, who and expects his pension. Yeah, yeah. Do you at know what 35. I mean? Yeah. It's just there's so much Dis- it's such a dyspora that you're so different north south east west hot and cold you know it's just everyone it's a disaster just the, let us um, be separate from each other like the correlation between italy's economy and germany is like the worse italy's economy does the better germany's does germany sells us a fuckload of cars but speaking of like um concerned industries the financial services yeah like we aforementioned we said earlier about the passporting rights yeah the white paper acknowledges they're not going to have passporting rights because they haven't agreed to a services agreement, yeah. which would cover the financial sector. That's literally all it says. It doesn't say anything else other than that. Like, it doesn't go into any sort of, like even like optimistic, this is what we're hoping for. It just says nothing. No. So the city must be pulling their hair out. Yeah, because despite the image of these high-flying bankers being all sort of macho, they're actually like terrified they're in a state of constant fear bankers panic panic is that the stock market is all based on fear especially you know? after 2008 where it's like 90 percent of them didn't see it coming i know but everyone some guy with autism you're did. always looking for a loss you're always waiting to see who's going to fail next so you can buy cheap and then sell high you know it's the whole the whole industry is, is based gambling. on terror it's gambling yeah man. yeah yeah they've always got the sweats on those guys <laughs> you know they're never calm and and it's the same it was the same argument with the banks as well where they said like it's too big to fail basically if you've got a system that's so weak fuck knows how many regulations there are in the banking sector yeah but if you're too i think if you're too big to fail you deserve to fucking fail yeah if your if your production line is so fragile and delicate it deserves to be smashed because you're so fucking stupid to make something so fragile and delicate well what are the chances the eu do anything less than just go this white paper's bullshit we've already said we're going to reject most of what's in it it's part of the eu playbook if you look at how they dealt with the, the lisbon treaty they just keep saying no come back to us again come back to us again we're still open but you've got to come back to us again and they just drag it out drag it out drag it out as you said earlier like, glad so, you're not asking me for solutions by the way oh no nobody that's like <laughs> that's the legit criticism remainers have like no one on the leave side really has a solution i want well the thing is the whole the bottom line like is the irish border the, there's yeah, no real solution yeah but the all the problems yeah we need solutions to problems but all of the problems are caused by the eu 
that's, that's why I wanted. No, that's I wanted Boris Johnson. No, no, no. Logic, yeah, yeah. Like, but I wanted to leave the EU because it was causing me problems. It caused the world a lot of problems. People don't realise. But it's like the Irish border problem. I'm sure if it was left to Ireland and England, they'd just leave it as it is now because it's it's pretty no, much there's okay. Already, um, the troubles are starting up already. Yeah, but I know. But like, it's the EU causing. No one's that talking pro- about it because they're talking about Trump. Yeah, but, but it's the EU causing the problem. Northern, both, I think both Northern Ireland and Republic yeah. of Ireland see the EU as like a neutral mediator. Yeah, but unfortunately, some of the extremists there on both sides have seen the, the Brexit as an opportunity to, yeah, to, to exploit, to try and cause trouble again. And there's been, because there's been want, riots, um, there's been riots over there. Jerry Adams had like some fucking grenade thrown at his house last night. Because you can't have a hard border. Like neither Britain nor the EU would tolerate a hard border between Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland. And neither would the Irish, So the hard really. border would then be on the UK. Yeah. Which then... Uh, Republic of Ireland would definitely start pushing for reunification. Can't we just have one in the, s- the sea, like they said? That's our suggestion yeah. that the EU has already rejected. Again, it's the EU. It's the EU. It's the EU causes all the problems. Like, why would you want to join a club which you can never leave? It's like that song, Hotel California, isn't it? You can check out any time, but you can never leave. No, it's like that. Why? It's like terrible institution. As Groucho so Marx they said. Can pl- they can make like 20, 30 year plans without any worry that like it's gonna, someone like Britain is going to fuck it up. No, but like, <laughs> you know? Why would you want to be part of that? Why would you want to be part of something that's so tricky and deceitful that it, it, it sort of traps traps people yeah. but you know this is how article 50 came about some eurosceptic meps got together and, and were like well, hold on listen why is it that you can voluntarily request to join the eu but you can't voluntarily ever leave and so they were like all right fuck it we'll quickly draw up it's not article 50 is not really meant as a serious mechanism no. for a member to leave, especially a big member of the EU to leave. I'm sure it's a massive... It's meant to be a deterrent more yeah. than anything. I'm sure it's a massive thick book, but I'd be interested to see if no, there it's was... pretty short. But I'd, I'd be interested to see if there was actually an article that is to expel a country from the EU. Oh, there's probably... Well, more fines. But no, no, that's what I mean. Because it's see? the long game. That's, it's, 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 that's what I yeah, mean. Yeah, the long game. It's yeah. tricky. They, they, they'll fine you to death, but they won't kick you out. Now, you said earlier, as a result of what the Daily Mail is calling a Brexit betrayal... Treason May, <laughs> as I as I call her now. It's a bit much, really. May the really? fuck up would be like more accurate, but so David Davis resigned. But I thought um, Jacob Rees Mogg was like sort of accosted, looks like outside of a coffee shop by some Telegraph journalist reporter, and like he must have recorded it on his iPhone. Like apologies in advance for the bad audio, but I, th- I thought he made actually um, a pretty good point. Jacob's Re- Jacob Rees-Mogg is not a cabinet minister. He's a backbencher. And he made a good point about, like, Eurosceptic cabinet ministers, should they really resign? The issue for people to face, I think, is does resigning now help get us back to a better Brexit policy that delivers on our commitments uh, to the electorate? Or is there an advantage in staying in and hoping to change things at a later stage? She is- the only pro- I love Rees-Mogg, but the only problem with Tories is they're so damn tribal the, if you if you you can't honest, they must exist like, to stop labor look, that's yeah. their ethos the, the, the problem is with our first past the post system because basically if 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 if, if any true tory brexiteer truly believed in brexit they'd leave the tory party and Former join brexit and join ukip ukip's such a it's but the, the word toxic is overused but ukip to, is a toxic they're brand trying name. to turn it around a bit with What's Paul, the Joseph, name? Paul Joseph Watson joined. Oh, yeah, but he's Sargon of Akkad joined. They're all, yeah, they're, they're all like people that are considered toxic. And that man. guy who taught his dog to do a Nazi salute, he Count joined UKIP Dankula, as well. Yeah, yeah. But they're all like these intellect ce- celebrities. So maybe that will get some sort of support from the youth. 
They're, a lot of them are known as uh, YouTube skeptics. But even then, like the whole that. But even then, even even if all three of them became, it's a bit of like a glorification if, though. But like even if all three of them stood stood for parliament, you know the way that our system works. It wouldn't win. I know the way that our system works though. It, it wouldn't win. You have no voice in parliament. So do you think Rees Mogg is just biding his time? He thinks he can change things from the inside. That's like what people used to say about the EU. I'm Let's not leave. Think, we can change it from the inside. Let's I'm not leave to the think Tories. Jacob Rees Mogg. Can, he's like the Tory equivalent of um, Labour's Chukwuemuna. Like, wants to be a prominent player, wants to have his face in the media a lot, on TV a lot, but doesn't want to be in any position where he actually has to be accountable for anything. Well, I think Chukwuemuna would They're like They're kind of to, lightweight. But he, he, used, he used to be a nightclub DJ. <laughs> What's that got to do? So he's definitely been in compromised situations. That's why I reckon he's never been pushed further, because I reckon they've got some pictures of him with, like, a mountain of coke. I don't, no, this is the, the conspiracy <laughs> theory of like why he dropped out of the Labour like leadership. I like him, but I think that's they why. They would have released it anyway. Like a Tory-friendly newspaper would have released those anyway. Like if they had some real dirt on him. Well, George Osborne's in the same picture probably sitting next to it. <laughs> that's probably why it hasn't been released. <laughs> is, it, is it a killer blow that David Davis resigned? Or no, is it like no really because just... what the fuck did he do anyway, really? He was so sidelined. He, he was so sidelined. His job was basically just to keep a seat warm and a fi- you know and he he must have hated that being a, a an, a, an action man he met he with must have Barnier. hated that. he met with the eu lead negotiator for four hour a total of four hours over what like two visits yeah and he, do you remember that photo no where davis is sat there with his aides and uh, his aides <laughs> <laughs> just sitting there in the corner with, with my aides no papers in front of him no like briefcase nothing just aides and then barnier has got his aides sat either side of him yeah and it's like they've got folders and shit. Oh, like, do you know what I mean? They were proper yes, prepared yes, yes, for it. Yes, and Davis yes, yeah. was just like, everything's going great. Post-it note. I'll just do a deal with Germany. Like, no, you, you won't. He never had any cards in the game from the start, that guy. Like I say, he, well, he, David, he was a, like, not hardcore Eurosceptic, but he's been long I know, he's Eurosceptic, like, but I'm saying he, he wasn't allowed to have any influence on the proceedings at all. He was literally just put this there is, completely um, totemically. Theresa May's style of government, she has her closest confidants and everyone else is sort of on the outside. Why the fuck did she appoint Boris Johnson as foreign secretary? Shut him up. That's going to be asked Cause, of cause, her. No, to shut him up because she knew that like, at least a few days of the month he'll be out of the country. But it didn't shut him up. No. Because like, when he's out of the country for those few days, he's saying some controversial shit. Do you remember like a couple of months ago he contradicted her? Like she, I can't remember what it was, but she said, oh yeah, we're doing this. And then Boris Johnson was like, no, we're doing this. I honestly, I thought I felt like two months ago Boris Johnson was trying to get himself fired. So he could later say, when Brexit, because Brexit's fucked, let's be honest, they fucked it up. Yeah. And I think he wanted to uh, get fired, not resign. Yeah. Have Theresa May fire him. And then he says later on, hey, listen, I wasn't part of the reason why it got fucked up. It was all Theresa May's fault. When it becomes clear to the public at large that the Tories, I'm not saying that Brexit is fucked up, because I remain ever hopeful that we can leave this terrible spider's web. When it becomes obvious to the general public that the Tories have fucked up their part of Brexit, completely made a hash of it and actually damaged it. Some people are saying they, you know, the Tories won't be in government for another 10 years, you know, because that 2025, like, because uh, that is how the British electorate works. It does. It does like to punish. The longest they were out was 18, wasn't it? Um, no, t- Tony Blair was the longest. Yeah. That was, what was that? 11, 12 years? years? That's what I mean. It's like Labour were out of government 17, 18 I know, years. But that was it's, a, you know, we, we've got to realistically start thinking about living under a Corbyn government, even though that might be short. Because I, I still think, I've always said the establishment will bump him off because he's a known Republican. 
And I reckon, you know, Prince Philip will have him assassinated if he actually did become prime minister. But um, what are the public going to demand? You know, the public needs people to vote for. I think Johnson, he's just been putting off a leadership challenge probably for the last six months. And he's been hoping for a vote of no confidence. It's, got, it's got to happen. It's got to happen any day soon. If he's going to do it, he's got to do it in the next week or two. Well, that's um, not how it works. There has to be um, 30 MPs, Tory MPs, after to 40, 42. sign letters or something like that for a vote of no yeah. confidence. I thought that was going to happen this week. It didn't. Yeah. I, I don't know why it hasn't happened yet. Maybe all the letters are waiting, but there's something that's so fucking damn tribal. They'd, they'd put the party before the country. They'd put the party before anything, mm. which is just mental. And that's partly because they know they wouldn't be able to thrive if they jumped ship because it would take years to build either a new party or to do yeah. something with UKIP. But there does need to be a Brexit government, if yeah. not a Brexit party. We, how can you conceivably get Brexit if you've got the entire cabinet made up of Remainers? It just... But this is what I think Nigel Farage is thinking with Nigel. his threat. We play, We started off this segment with Nigel Farage threatening to come back. It's not a threat, it's a promise. <laughs> but early next year, I think he was saying, spring next year, what can he do considering we're meant to be leaving by March next year. Nigel can do anything. Like, even if he wins a seat in Parliament... He'll it, just be like it'll a be troll. Him. He'll just be like... It'll be, like, really entertaining. What's he going to do, though? He'll just take the piss, but... No, he needs to... I, I've had, like, weird like, visions and dreams, man. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> but when... I don't know, when, when I first... I honestly think... <sighs> As much as I hate, I hate to say it, I actually think there might be an, a, another referendum, and it actually might be like someone like Nigel Farage will call for another referendum. And, well, yeah, he maybe controversially time, he said, and this yeah, time like, because people are so fucking stupid, they'll need to be a lot more clear on the semantics of this referendum, the words on the paper, and it should say option one, option two. Yeah. Do you want to be an independent sovereign nation? Yes or no. And that will be like the fucking referendum that he's going to ask for. And there's going to be a big march. You've got the same problem again as the last and one. And you though. ask what he can do. He will be like leading that march of like a million people going down Whitehall. No, you need, it's got to say, do you want to remain or do you want to leave? And then there are options underneath leave of like <laughs> more EEA membership, EFTA membership. Or the final option is just fuck it. I just want to leave. Right. And that's what's going to win. But the only true, but the true question is the one that I posit. Do you want to be an independent sovereign nation, A or B? Yes or no? You're making your own laws or you're not, yeah? You can open and close your front door it would be or you can't. It would be 52-48 again. And so two out, All of three, over again. two out of three, we win. It's like... Okay, uh, yeah, that's fair. That's... But I can see Farage, like, getting very vociferous and I can see him, like, Trump wants Brexit to happen. You know, the president wants Brexit to happen. That's because he thinks... He, I loved what he was saying when he was like, I know we're not talking about it until the next segment, yeah. but I love what Trump was saying about it. It will come up. It's true uh, though. There's different... But he said there was different types of independence. And he was like, I think there's only one type of independence. But, but we'll talk about it. People have different versions of independence. But staying with Theresa May, UK. She's, um, she's toast. Do you remember she said in the Lancaster House speech, she said, we're going to have a, quote, clean break... We're going to leave the single market fully and we're going to leave the customs union fully. The reaction to this white paper has been, especially in a Daily Mail, all talk of like betrayal. Is it really a betrayal? I mean, the public have a right to be upset in the sense that she lied. Is it? Well, I mean, she's gone back on what she said. Another U-turn. It's not a betrayal yet. It'll turn into a betrayal later on next week when the EU turn around and say, what's this fucking joke you've put down in front of me? That we've already rejected. <laughs> yeah. Like... 
you know, she said all these things because so far, legally, it's true. But when it all goes out the window next week when the EU refuses it, then... What happens after that? Then she'll have to either stick with her original promise and say, I'm going to do whatever I can. Just WTO rules. WTO rules, clean break. Oh my God, we're going to be like Singapore. Isn't that awful? Oh my God. (laughs) Some respect Singapore is bad. Well, no. You work until you're spine breaks and well, then you're just like, sort of I'm left sorry, on the but side the, the, of the, the road. The EU is like 6% of the world's nations. That's all I'm saying. There's a lot of world out there. There's a lot of countries who seem to be quite happy struggling along by themselves. On their Todd. It is up in the air though, isn't it? Like, I'm not any clearer. I don't really know. Are we any closer no. to no. WTO rules or are we closer to getting a deal with the EU or like EEA membership? I got a feeling the EU are just going to fuck it. Look, just go into the EEA. Stop fucking around. Yeah, but that's but that's what this show tonight is about. It's like you know, even someone like Paxman who might laugh at us, he 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 can no more say what's going to happen. It, it is completely up in the air. Even the most skilled political insights and minds have no fucking idea how it's going to turn yeah, out. No one has any solutions. So we can only make predictions about what's going to happen. And I, like I say, my, my prediction is should be gone with? in two weeks. The underlying question here is, yeah. what would the British public accept as Brexit? Probably what they voted for. <laughs> no, but what they voted for was just leave. But there's there's another question, subset of questions after that, that this country never really tackled. And we should have done it before we triggered Article 50, but we didn't. And now we're fucked. Look, what would I... You asked me personally. Yeah, what would you be happy personally, with? Personally, what I'd be happy with, um, even if we crashed out Ugh. of the EU Ugh. and the country was... was plunged into a 70s, 70s style garbage piling up on the sh- corner morass you know mass walkouts mass war terror islamic terror invade Gibraltar, like. islamic terror hellhole that's yeah? what the tories would do the first thing they do is invade Gibraltar <sighs> to raise our morale do you know something i would be i'd still be happier with that oh, because that would be the truth and that's all that matters to me in the end of the day <laughs> is just doing what is right and it's always something british even if doing the right thing ultimately damages you you've still you've still done the right thing in the end of the day you've played by the rules you've yeah. done what the majority of people asked for in this stupid system called democracy which is the best thing we've got unfortunately yeah. other than beating each other's brains in what what else is there it's not except to just be truthful and you know just just leave completely even though that will but the th- so Brexit but, by any means. But I, but I know deep down, I know deep down that if we did leave completely, we wouldn't end up like f- fucking running man. <laughs> we wouldn't, because other countries. But is it is it, let that happen. is it basically Brexit or death for you? What? Like, is it just Brexit by any means? Any sort of Brexit will do. We said earlier, WTO rules would be nightmarish. Why? Because they'd like you'd have lorries queuing up for hours, whereas before that's it might stupid. take forty minutes. Why, why can't they build the huge fucking conveyor belt car park lorry carriers now? The technology doesn't exist yet. Make it exist and like get get all the unemployed children to build it, and you'd solve two birds with one stone. I don't know. Right. I think we have to leave. We have to leave. Okay, we are leaving. And okay, what do you want to happen? You ask me. What do you want to happen? I, what I wanted from the beginning was EFTA. Is that like the running man? The Swiss model, so-called okay. Swiss model. You want to be like Switzerland. That sounds pretty good. But Chocolate I think we're... Um, like I said, I don't know if this has like pushed us more towards no deal, just leaving, or just leaving... Like, I don't even know if um, if it goes back to Parliament. Like, EU rejects it, it goes back to Parliament. Can the Europhiles just block Brexit outright? Like, Tom, 
just look at what's happened in the past. That's the, the best way to predict what happens in the future is to open a history book. And aside from seeing that violence does normally solve most problems, as this history has proved, unfortunately, you'll see the way the EU has acted. And they, they're just happy because, like you say, they play the long game. You were saying to me, they'll never kick you out. They'll just fine you. And they'll just... Just, you know, they can do this for generations, just like a tennis ball, backwards and forwards. I think it's, honestly, Tom, it's a complete binary thing. It always has been. and it, it, You've got to choose a side. What do you want? I think you're on my side. I think you're going to be on the running man. <laughs> I'm going to be the one that dies first. <laughs> Fuck you, the just kill me. I'll be standing outside the studio yeah. just waiting for death. Just when you thought the Brexit shitstorm couldn't get any worse, it transforms into a Trump-nado that wreaks havoc across the continent of Europe. The absolute madman has arrived. There'll be explosions and shit and air horns. Well, if they do a deal like that, it will most likely, because we'll be dealing with the uh, European Union instead of dealing with the UK. So it will probably kill the deal with... If they do that, their trade deal with the US is, will probably not be made. Mm. What did you mean by Because we have enough difficulty with, uh, with the European Union. You know, we are... Um, we're cracking down right now on the European Union because uh, uh, they have not treated the United States fairly on trade. Now, if they do that, uh, I would say that that would probably end a major trade relationship with the United States. So what you just heard there was uh, an audio recording of an interview that the Sun newspaper did with Donald Trump. And because what they printed was quite controversial, Donald Trump basically shitting all over (laughs) Theresa May's white paper. Uh, Yeah, and also saying that he thinks Boris Johnson (laughs) would be a good prime minister. Which is obviously a dig (laughs) at Theresa May. But um, What the hell? He denied it. So the Sun publishes what Donald Trump said in this interview. He denied it, so the Sun released the audio recordings. And so he basically, what you just heard was what Donald Trump denied, he said. But then, fair play to him, Trump did actually go back and say that he did say it. And he apologised, I believe. Yeah. So, fake news, Tom, you're fake news. <laughs> what do you mean? He lied. <laughs> no, he lied, then he apologised. Trump gets the line and he calls it fake news. Yeah, but then he took it back and said... That's not fair. But he wasn't lying, because he was telling the truth. In the end. Fake news. <laughs> so trump skipped across the pond to come visit us his cousins in the uk and uh, he started things off like i said by shitting on trees and may's white paper stating that she did the opposite of what he personally advised her to do donald trump the deal maker king gave Theresa may advice and apparently she didn't take it and donald trump didn't take that very well he also said that it had jeopardized a future US-UK trade deal, which is what, obviously, like, um, when the triggering of Article 50 happened, Donald Trump came out and said, like, oh, yeah, we'll probably we'll probably make a deal real quickly. Like, a lot of us on the Leave voting side were like, oh, my God, finally, like, some positive... Yeah, someone's endorsed Brexit. The only world leader... Yeah. ...who's in support of Brexit. The only one that matters as well. I don't know how Xi, Xi Jinping thinks, <laughs> feels about it, the Chinese Premier. Putin's quite happy about Brexit. Well, yeah, anything that weakens the EU, (laughs) anything that weakens Europe. But Trump was, um, he was excited for Brexit in a sense. It meant the UK was moving towards America, in his view, moving away from Europe and more towards America, like in terms of like favorability and um, trade, opening up markets. Yeah, everyone's terrified of 
chlorinated American chickens. Why? I don't know. Because you're actually more likely to get ill eating an EU chicken than yeah, an American one. Yeah, but at the end of the day, it, it boils down to the, 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 the buyer has the ultimate strength. Because... Okay, we'll have chlorinated chickens They'd on our be shelves. Cheaper. We'll have chlorinated chickens, but there'll also be chickens that say these are not chlorinated, and you can just buy one of them instead. <laughs> and you might, but it'd be more expensive, and not, you not, know the the price is going to win out. Like Tim said, Trump has taken back some of these outrageous statements. That's Trump's mo, isn't it? He says something outrageous within forty eight hours, he's walked back on it at least a little bit, if not completely. Why are we not? cottoning on to like this is what trump does it's a tactic of it's like if you if you're thinking of like fight, fighting a boxer and this boxer's fighting style was that um before he before he'd sort of throw his like knockout blow before he would give his full commitment he'd always do like two feints before but you'd have no choice but to react to those feints Otherwise, you just get knocked out. You see, you're always forced to be on the to be on the defensive, or do, yeah. to, you know, yeah, yeah, definitely. Like one of the best sayings that was ever given to me was that um, in fighting, action is always faster than reaction. But it's more like Trump saying, "I'm going to fuck you up." Actually, you're kind of cool. It's, it's, it's a th- idle threat for the most part, other than the Paris uh, climate accord. Yeah, he pulled out of that and the Iran deal. Yeah. But it's, a, it's, it's the way of fainting, isn't it? It's, it's he's, the, he's always testing people. Like, I, Because what's he threatening to do? Because he was at the NATO summit in Brussels before he came over to the UK. Yeah. And so what's his, like, faint here in this one? Trump's currently riding the crest of a wave, according to him. But on paper he is, because he's got all these countries to officially commit, to pay 2%. Now, everyone just thinks this is... On paper, he's saying, "Well, yeah. let's let's clear this up though, because I think I think even Donald Trump doesn't really understand this. Like when he talks about NATO, when he talks about NATO, he talks about it as if it's a group, like it's an organization, yeah, like yeah, yeah. like the UN, it, and it's not. It's just like some countries signed up to a uh, yeah, handful of treaties. If this happens, we act and we commit to spending two percent of our GDP. But it's not like they're, they're not paying for NATO. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's put more uh, more money from your economy towards defense spending." But Trump talks about it like it's the UN. Like, why are we paying so much for NATO? Like, do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, well, no, it's your defense spending. Yeah, but do you, do you understand, Tom? You're approaching it from the wrong angle. Cause you, they you, were taking the piss, some of them. You were approaching it from the wrong angle because you were saying, I don't think Trump understands it. and it's, What NATO is. Yeah, and Tom, he doesn't, it's not about what he understands. It's about what he wants to happen. He made it happen, yeah. He doesn't need to understand it's about what he wanted to have. It's about the outcome. And I see Trump, he's actually increased defense spending internally. He's in America. He's increased and he's boosting this thing. And he's, he's, he's created a new branch of the military, the Space Force. Yeah, he, well, I don't know if it's up and running yet. What do you think all this money is going to become? Like, this is what his... The, one of More the, jets that don't go anywhere. And- one of the big... I think one of the big things Trump wants to leave as a legacy is uh, space travel. And to survive, we're always going to have what, to... like go back to the moon? Yes. To, to, or Mars? Ultimately, to survive as a species, we're going to have to leave the planet. Yeah? That, that's fantasy. It's pipe dream. Yeah, but no, no, but interstellar travel, interstellar mining, and it's, it's, the, way, it's, the, it's the way forward we're, we're progressing. And the Space Force is all part of this. The military is... Every sort of commercial application was, of the last 50 years came from the military. But he's talking more satellites Computers and, and tech. Like that. I know, but that's, that's, that's his push. Or, or cannons. And- yeah, all this massive push is going in this space direction. That's what he's going to um, be about ultimately. But the 20th century was America 
uh, most powerful navy after World War Two, most powerful air force, most powerful infantry. Most they military had bases. Dominance, total dominance. Nobody could fuck with them, really. Yeah. And that's what he's trying to reassert yeah. again. And like, I, I get, I get the logic of it. Like, America yeah. dominates the skies. America yeah. dominates the seas. America dominates yeah. space. But like I say, uh, for, for but me, we're digressing there, right? I know what I'm saying. So, right, we were saying he basically he makes outrageous statements and then yeah. he walks back from it. He issued a statement about his dear friend Boris Johnson. Like, he's going to make a he's going to make a great prime minister. That was a, an attack at Theresa May's expense. He then apologized because he had to do a sit down conference press conference with her. Mm. And a journalist actually asked him about that question. He spoke as though she wasn't in the room at times, like really quite disrespectful. So then he, so he basically <laughs> apologised for the Boris Johnson remark, and then he had to apologise again yeah. for being like basically disrespectful in the press conference. I've I've worked Trump out actually. What his problem is? He's an oaf. No, he's he's the opposite of an oaf. He's always got one foot in the future, and he's a bit autistic. He, he he like exists an idiot savant he, he exists a bit in the future in his mind so he he appears a bit out of the loop here because in his mind Theresa may he knows that she's a spent force she's finished she's weak she's gone that's that's why he he you know like i said like you said he barely sort of registered she was there in the the press conference because he, he was talking like a, she like she wasn't sat there in his he knows that she about her. he knows that she's finished but he doesn't have the the ability to pretend that she isn't. Do you understand what I mean? He's got like one foot in the future. So you see, he sort of acts like he's she's... He's got no etiquette, really. He sort of acts like she's already out of the job, you know, the way he was talking. But that's he, knew, he knew he was stirring the pot big time. But to what like, His advisors to would have said end? to him that, oh, by the way, there's been this nasty spat between Bojo... What has Boris promised trump that is the question <laughs> what has he said probably an elaborate free trade deal where he gets to privatize the nhs and, like, and get to like use the jacuzzi and buckingham palace whenever he wants oh my god he, he met, met the, the queen. queen and he did two yeah. not one but two royal faux pas really made a wait 12 minutes out in the hot sun she's a lizard they like the heat <laughs> david Ike. but not only that when they were walking along, there was like a kind of procession of like uh, military people and dukes and earls and shit lined up. He walked in front of her, Tim. Well, she is pretty slow. You never walk. <laughs> you never walk in front of the queen. That. She is a master of knife fighting. I was watching that on telly, and it was like, oh god, he didn't give a shit. Hurry up, hurry up, your woman. <laughs> Did you see her face though? <laughs> she was visibly like, she what was the fuck are you doing? Really? I th- she was like giggles. I thought she was really happy to see him when he turned up. <laughs> She's probably she's probably like completely demented. <laughs> to be honest, probably just like they both like Scotland. They have that in common, and I'm sure he wasn't a dick to her. He probably turned on like the the beauty pageant charm. Mm. You look great. Nice hat. Oh god! Like and obviously we heard at the beginning there. Trump was saying oh, like oh well you know with this Brexit white paper Theresa May's come out with mm. the US UK trade deal might not might not happen now. He's gone. He's walked back on that outrageous statement. He's saying now the chances of a good trade deal has quadrupled, <laughs> and we have the the most special of very relationship. <laughs> he used some funny fucked up term for our Let's new be relationship. Honest, I might, I might. We've got a more than special relationship now. <laughs> I don't know. Next week's episode. Well, that's what Trump said. But next week's episode, might I might dedicate it to just obliterating this myth that there's a special relationship between England. And, oh, there is. How can you and let's say be that honest? Is it? it is England and America. It's not Britain. But there's no special there relationship is. whatsoever. There is, and there never has been. There is. Well, there was. There's a banking there's, relationship there's a at one deep time. Deep rooted psychological oh, bond between these two countries. Their history is Europe's history, and America. Some Americans know that. Some Americans don't. Uh, America was just a sort of misguided colonial experiment <laughs> by the British <laughs> Empire. <laughs> 
Anyway. So Trump's visit to the UK has sparked. I would. I was surprised at how big these protests were. I, I had to uh, eat crow on Facebook because I saw the initial pictures of the protest that um, where the the infamous baby blimp. We'll talk about that in a sec. But it, it looked like there was basically like four to five hundred people outside. Um, I think it was outside Buckingham Palace. I think. But later on, about two three hours later, Regent Street, mm-hmm. Trafalgar Square. Mm-hmm. I would say easily over ten thousand showed up. And you know how there's that typical um, criticism. Don't these people have jobs? Well, like, I think a lot of them did have jobs, and that's why, like, by three, four p.m., there wasn't that many people around. By five, it was getting to like tens of thousands. Well, I noticed that the the march started at Portland Place, which is like the BBC headquarters. So that probably completely emptied out <laughs> and like, bumped up the numbers a bit. But yeah, the whole thing about these marches, it's, it seems to have devolved in and like rallies, it seems to have devolved into a competition. Admit it, it was a big people. one. It oh, was yeah. a big one. Admit it. Oh, okay, fine. I thought you were going to be like. Oh, no. Downplay it. It was a big one. You know, there's no denying that there are millions of people that in hate. the world of varying ideas and intelligence. <laughs> are you doing a, a bit of hypocrisy here? Yeah. I'm a massive hypocrite. You complained that people were saying Lee voters were dumb. They were painted as dumb at the very least. Yeah. And now you're saying anybody who's anti-Trump. Well, maybe, well, that's a bit harsh. No, 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 I'm not saying The people that. who showed up at this some, protest. Some of those people at those protests. Are they dumb? They, no, they had genuine, heartfelt, spiritual concerns, which I probably support in some of them. But there were, some, nice there people. were some people, and quite a lot of them, it was like there was like a, a humorous banner competition. And there were some people there, I think you were What just, was your favourite then of the plaques? I can't think of a witty, cards, I, mean. I, thi- I can't think of a witty thing to put on a sign. That was one of the things I saw. Just do the Father Ted that, down uh, with this. Sort of yeah. But then I saw Easy people, now. I think for, for a fair chunk of the people there, they, they were quite happy to get, you know, some nice photos. Now, the infamous baby blimp. Now, that was different for me. In what sense? The fact it was officially sanctioned by the Mayor of London. And I want you to, well, they, I want was, you to insert... That was a technicality, right? Like They said it was going to be a certain height, so they had matter. to get permission or something like that. It doesn't matter. Like, I want you to... Whenever I mention him from now on, I want you to insert that clip from well, Star Trek 2. Here's what I thought Captain you were... Kirk goes, <laughs> No, because basically... Here's Tom, what I thought you were going to bring up. What? The fact that there was going to be a counter-protest, but then um, the police didn't allow it. Oh, no, no, I didn't know about that. The only thing... That, a counter-march. Do you know something? The balloon, in the end, it was like pretty small it would have been violence let's be honest it would have been pretty small but it was it was funny looking and the thing is i probably would have if i hadn't known about it and i'd just seen it on the news and it had been like a bunch of students such a big deal was been, made about and it had this. been a bunch of students doing it out the back of a van the guy looked like he was nearly 40 i could have probably like laughed about it and even supported it a little bit if, if it had been a completely guerrilla type operation but instead it was like funded you're not blaming this on george soros are you no, okay. I'm blaming it on... And the fact it was, like, officially sanctioned by the mayor, it just shows incredibly bad manners as a host. Because someone can be, a, like, a fucking piece of shit, but I don't know. You, can, if... you can show yourself as a better human oh, by on. acting... Like Hillary Clinton said, when they go low, we go high. If Why it don't was they Hillary... do that? Okay, if it was a Hillary Clinton effigy, say, of some sort... You wouldn't care. No, I they would, could burn that, and you wouldn't be against it. I wouldn't be against it, but I'd look down. Isn't that a bit of a double it. standard? But, then? I, but I just think that's like a fucking babyish way of arguing. It is burning babyish. something. Yeah, it is, and but. it's actually a bit threatening because when I see people burning stuff, it's always a bit threatening because it's like they could burn a building next. But they have the right to do it. I think it's, it's puerile. It's a little bit. Um, it's a little bit hypocritical in the sense of 
they were saying, oh, well, Donald Trump, he's debased political discourse. He's vulgar. He's crass. Well, the, the baby blimp was vulgar and crass. Doesn't it was pure all. It was as pure all as Trump is. It, I think it was ultimately counterproductive, especially as soon as that image came out of the baby blimp in the air and it's got the speech bubble of like, I can see stabbings from up here. Mm-hmm. Like, they asked for that. Yeah. If, if Trump were to treat himself as a completely commercial entity, which sometimes I which think he does. he does, like a brand, then for any brand, sometimes you can say there's, can no, such, there's no such thing as bad publicity. It's the attention, you, isn't it? You, you can draw like a f- iconic cartoon character like Bart Simpson wearing uh, with like a swastika armband. You can do that if you want. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I people, wouldn't. Ad- I wouldn't advise it. But, but people will think you know, stupid cunt. You know, um, but I'm it, not, like Tom, they should be allowed to do it, but aside, they should recognise they're being a bit hypocritical. No, they shouldn't. But the thing is, on paper though, okay. Why did they want to get, why did they need to like, if they're so cool and anti this and anti that, why do they need to go like a baby to the mayor and say, oh, Mr. Mayor, can we put this up? And Yeah, I've got issues and with then, this. And then aside from the fact the mayor let them put it up, he could have made them put it up like in a car park in Vauxhall. But instead of that, they let them put it up in Parliament Square next to yeah. a statue of Winston Churchill. Yeah, like... Yeah, I didn't like that photo of the way it was pushed. And like... The, but they have the right the to f- do it though, do they not? They have the right to do it. So but why, they, let's leave it They like have that, the then. right to do it, but the fact that it was officially sanctioned. Like, they have the right no, to but do you're it. Getting, you're, going, you're coming back to the, It was a technicality. All it was was, this thing's going to fly a certain height, and we have to get permission to do, you know, do that. Do you know something, Tom? I reckon... That's what it was. I'm just focusing on Sadiq Khan. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Islamophobic. Mayor, I call him Mayor Photo Op now, Sadiq Khan, because that's basically all he does. He's our Justin Trudeau, in a way. But this infamous baby uh, blimp. After all, Sadiq let's move on. He let's was talking on. about censorship, wasn't he? Can we I say one, on. one more thing? Last thing. Okay, freedom of speech. He, Sadiq can't. It's said not we, a free speech issue. Sadiq can't said we can't censor the balloon, but he censored the first thing he did when he became mayor. He censored bikini adverts on the tube. Yeah, but it's not a free speech. Like the counter protest banning is the free speech issue, and everyone's focusing on this fucking stupid baby blimp that was a lot smaller than any, everybody thought it was. I thought it was going to be like the Macy's parade side. There would be like big burly men with like thick arms that were struggling to hold the ropes, and it's like it's something a toddler could hold. <laughs> it was pretty small. <laughs> I want to see how big the Sadiq Khan blimp will be now, because there was a crowdfunded one that's exceeded its target massively. You, you know what they would have done with that though? They would have bought the inflatable penis thing. And like they would have like printed out a fucking shit photo of Sadiq Khan and just glued it, print sticked it onto. Yeah. It would have been shit, uh, aren't they? Doing and it, it? it would have deserved to have been shit as well because it's a pure no, they're, they're childish still, they're still, bullshit. They're still planning to do one. But it's childish, man. It's like, focus That's... on the fact that Sadiq Khan's broken almost every pledge he made instead of just being, he's a dickhead, isn't he? Yeah, no, he... I, thought, I thought you hadn't seen this, disappointingly. I thought I was going to shock you with this, but um, like I said, the protest march was a lot bigger than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And the focal point of it, like the end point of the actual march was uh, Trafalgar Square, but they had a big stage set up in Trafalgar Square. Yeah. And uh, surprise, guess Tom. The reason I wasn't surprised. I'm is shit. Like, I'm scared. I hate the fact you saw this. I really wanted to upset you. Yeah, but it's like if there's a big the thing. The reason I I wasn't surprised is because if there's a big pile of shit in the road, it's going to have some flies around it, isn't it? And I wasn't surprised <laughs> to see this particular. Yeah, but listen to the reception a certain someone got at this anti-Trump protest. I'd like you to please now give an amazing warm welcome to the leader of the Labour Party.
cult of personality is a thing. It's a thing, ladies and gentlemen. And that, to be fair to Corbyn, that is what he's good at—the um, speaking on a stage at a protest rally. He's good at that. He might be the next. Pri- he might be the next prime minister. I mean, that's really what's at stake here. Like, there are real things at stake here, aren't there? Like with Brexit, it's what's at stake is you get a Corbyn government. And I don't, I don't think Corbyn would be half as radical as people think he's going to be. But the city are really afraid of Jeremy Corbyn. I know that. I know a lot of like private investment firms are like, well, well listen, we're just going to move our money out of the UK if Corbyn comes in, especially if John McDonald's in number 11. And it's an honest thing to say that there's a lot of um, J- Jewish people involved in banking as well. And they, a lot of Jewish people, they might actually want to leave the country if they feel like it's going to get more anti-Semitic. Yeah, that's a concern. Apparently there's people being, you know, planning on moving out. It's happened in other countries like France, apparently. Now, I've seen videos of um, Trump flying off. I don't know what that helicopter slash plane is called the one where the the propellers they can like move on a pivot yeah but he took off in one of those in gta right? it's called an avenger <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> it's really cool but he takes off in one of those and the the video camera is like these protesters standing behind a fence and they're they're like a mile and a half away from it and you see a guy the camera pans round, and you see a guy emerge on from the left hand side and he's not making any noise and then he clocks he's on camera and he suddenly just starts going in a quite inauthentic manner. F- fuck you! Fuck you, Trump! Fuck you! And then as soon as the camera's off him, he stops. <laughs> that was the other thing that I was so displeased at. What, when Trump swore no, and the at, news at, presenter's at, got to say it on at, air? At the Donald Trump he rally. He said shithole. But the fact that I saw so many of the signs had, like, the C word in. <laughs> this cunt grabs back. It was a lot of, like, it's just the bile and the hatred. There's no, like, sort of discourse. There's no argument. There's only hatred. From a safe distance, I noticed. Mm. Nobody, well, obviously this was by design, though, you know, the UK government protected Trump as much as they could. But I honestly think he's going to go, like, the whole three days not seeing a single average member of the public. He's not going to see a single middle finger in his face. Do you know what I mean? He doesn't give a shit. He he will go on TV and say, oh, they yeah. love me. They love yeah. me over in London. And like behind him on a screen will be the images of, of men dressed in like vagina costumes. And- but, you know, I've had it happen to me like on the road. Like someone will like do the wanker sign or give me the finger. You know, you are an awful driver. And like you'd be like, you'd be like, oh, you know, that's a shame. But you get over it. You get over it, don't you? Especially when you're the president of the United you, you, States. You might You might think about it like once later and on that tre- evening when got- you're making a cup of tea be like oh yeah someone did the wanker sign of me oh yeah you've got a <laughs> drop dead gorgeous wife that you treat like yeah. shit <laughs> it's not going to affect you really it's not going to change his, his policy that's how well you're doing man. is it like, my, i've got you this know. trophy wife and i just treat her like shit you know dave dave from milton Keynes, like dragging up and walking down parliament on your hands and knees <laughs> you know it isn't going to like affect trump's foreign policy on uh, north korea <laughs> But he hates Mexicans. And it's like, well, yeah, but he doesn't yeah. care. You're from Surrey! <laughs> but Trump did... I mean, he's going to go back to America, not with his tail between his legs, because he got what he... There, there were two things I think he wanted out of this visit to Europe. One, NATO spending increase. Uh, NATO members actually honour the, their agreement yeah. to pay 2% yeah. of their GDP, put 2% of it towards defence spending. He got that. He gets to go home triumphant. And a lot of Americans are going to be happy about that. Yeah. The second thing he wanted was a commitment from the UK, I think. 
mm-hmm. a commitment from the UK that you're moving more towards America, not Europe, didn't get that. But Americans don't fucking care. Let's be honest, Americans don't care about in- geopolitics. Really? They don't care about international really? governments and what they what they're up to. They don't give a but shit. They've got they've got Meghan Markle married to Prince Harry. Surely that means something. Surely. If you were Trump, how would you be feeling about this UK trip? I think Trump, like I say, he's riding the crest of a wave, and in in a way, the the NATO and the UK have been like little warm up like bouts for him getting him ready what, for putin for putin because that's going to be the next like massive world and the whole world is going to be like because for know this week Putin's going to placate him totally just so he can see it was a really smooth visit he's not going to stir the pot we mustn't forget that obviously we're all on the edge of our seat this week with trump coming over because we had potent- trump NATO. yeah but we but the most we had was potential for like you know the hilarity and drama with the conservatives it was funny yeah that was you know it wasn't and shocking it wasn't really high stakes <laughs> but when russia and the us talk it's it's, it's going to be high stakes because you know russia is backing up assad in syria there's the iran mm. question this is the north korea question so it's it's going to be like the whole world will be on the edge Do of their seat that's going to come up though, really i think they Do, might mention it in passing tom you know trump might <laughs> what else are they going to talk about? EastEnders. <laughs> I, think, I honestly think Putin's just going to go, "Hello, my friend. How are you, my dear friend?" Oh, the media—they're so nasty. Do you know what I mean? He's going to really placate him, and Trump's just going to be like, "That Putin's a good guy. I like him." I honestly think Trump. Trump. Trump even said it in his um, campaign that you know he wants peace with Russia. He wants to be friends with Russia, and you know, it's, it's, again, it was the complete opposite to what the whole Clinton administration was 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 he- the way they were heading. They were heading for fucking war with Russia. The way they were t- the way they were talking. That's what the foreign um, the Russian equivalent of Hillary Clinton, the foreign secretary, didn't he come out and say, "Yeah, like it'll probably be war with America within three months if Hillary wins." That was obviously well, not hyperbole. He wasn't trying to be funny. I don't think. I but- don't, no, I was looking at the situation in Syria and like going back a few years with Obama. Yeah. Like Obama was. It was down to Putin that Obama didn't go into Syria. Thank God. Crossed you know. his red line. Yeah, uh, like Assad did. Putin was the agent for world for, for, for peace in, in that situation. He, 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 there would have been a lot, a lot larger war. They dropped a lot of bombs. Yeah, but it would have been more people dying on both sides. And the Russians dropped quite a few bombs. So like when, when Trump and Putin meet later on this month, it's, it is going to be like, everyone will be on the edge of their seats because everyone will be thinking, what's Trump going to do? What's he going to say? This whirlwind visit of trump this trump nato it's not really a trump nato in a sense there's no real lasting damage like it's not like puerto rico where people are still starving there's no lights on they can't do surgeries in hospital there's no real lasting damage you say there's been no damage that damage is is a matter of perspective isn't it has Theresa may been damaged as i say damage is a matter of perspective you he's definitely you could say planted a few seeds or caused a few things to happen okay just my my top three is um sadiq khan yeah, he's either made himself ten times the hero or ten times the villain. In he's weirdly in, popular in man. people's eyes. I know, but he's For a guy who hasn't met yeah, any of his pledges. Yeah, but he's he's it's affected Sadiq Khan in some way. It's definitely affected Theresa May in some way. He's, what, you, what in some way though, like negatively, negatively positively, negatively, because he's guilt by association. He's, he's endorsed Boris. He's <laughs> named her successor. So he's, <laughs> so he's he's planted a seed in people's minds. You know whether you agree with him or disagree with him you're still thinking about it you still think about well, everyone Johnson. knows boris wants it yeah 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 and he knows that trump would support him but it's <laughs> so what trump is saying is like people who like me should get behind boris who live in the uk but if trump stumped for boris that would be the end of him mm. Mm. but i really th- i really think there wasn't any um 
lasting damage. Like Trump is Teflon to a certain extent. Other than if the economy goes bad, mm. I'll th- I think you'll see a real turn on Trump. Like um, according to certain polls, Trump's approval rating is about 50 50. Because I think there are some real diehard Trump supporters who are like middle America. Mm. And this is my big fear, my ultimate fear of Donald Trump. Like I know people who will give me shit because I'm not just like resolutely against Donald Trump and not even just in the sense of like, sometimes he's funny. Like when we were like, when we paused, we reminded ourselves of a funny Trump moment when um, in the first debate against Hillary Clinton, he kept cutting her off, kept talking over her. And so in the second debate, there was a woman moderator who was like very conscious of the fact I'm going to stop Donald talking over Hillary. He immediately cuts her off. And so the moderator reprimands Donald Trump and Trump like whispers into the microphone as Hillary starts talking. He goes like, Oh, I see. Two against one. He has fun moments, like when he accuses Ted Cruz's dad of being a Zodiac. Like, yeah. There's fun moments. The but that's not the only reason why I don't holy shit on Donald Trump. Donald Trump connected with middle America, for lack of a better term, what, um, what Washington people and people on the East and West Coast would refer to as left behinds if they're trying to be nice, mm. or rednecks, hillbillies. People that live in what are dismissively referred to as flyover states. Trump, like it or not, and I don't really like it, but he's sort of representing them. And if Trump goes down in flames, like an absolute disaster, mm-hmm. they're fucked in terms of who represents them, who speaks up for them. They're really happy that Trump's gone over to Europe and caused a whirlwind. They elected him to do things like that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's why I don't really, there's, I don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. And the other thing is, like, people say they're terrified of Trump because he's, he's so unpredictable. Oh, you don't know what he's going to do next. No. You, you kind of do. You do know because he's done everything he said he was going to do if he became president. Except the wall. Except, well, he's trying to do that, isn't he? He'd do it if he could. If he know. could get the money, he would, yeah. But, so in a way, if, you, if, you, if, you're, if, if you're scared, maybe, like, to calm your fears a bit go back in time a few years and like look up what he said and you'll get an idea of maybe what what he's going to do but um so it's very unusual for a politician what american presidents said they were going to do but didn't bill clinton said i'm going to get rid of the illegal immigrants back in the early 90s he didn't do it was it george obama got rid of some illegal immigrants yeah was it but not enough for some americans liking yeah. What about George Bush? He famously yeah, said, again. read my lips, no more taxes, <laughs> no new taxes. And they, yeah, new tax. I think on one hand, Trump is an aberration in the sense you're not going to see somebody as vulgar and as crass as Trump again. They're going to have a little bit more charm than Trump does in future, but they might have similar politics. Mm. But you see, the thing about Trump is like, I thought of this just briefly. I just saw this the other day. It was like, um, maybe who does the left have to... To combat like democrat wise yeah who, who, uh, elizabeth warren is in the running i yeah, think yeah, but but in terms of personality who who do they have yeah. who can be such a sort of attention grabber charismatic how about spoken how about hillary clinton no that's the thing how about so, she runs again the thing is that they've they've created they're a, floating that you but, know but the thing is they've created an environment uh, around themselves that's so inoffensive it's almost impossible for a person to with, be human with that to... with that power and charisma to rise up through the ranks you know because instead they'll be suppressed do you know what i mean so they've sort of shot themselves in the about this latino the, woman from the left the needs its own trump they're they're going nuts about this open socialist in new york yeah um but she she turned out she, she made a big point of like she's made out she Cario, was like something like that working class and it turns out she yeah wasn't. she's not no, no yeah and like she lived in the bronx for like five months or something but yeah there's a real 
like the Democrats are bereft of anyone to put up against Trump. The rumors I'm hear I'm hearing as if I'm I mean the, what I'm reading in the press. Barack Obama has uh, a short list of Democrats he likes, and the Dem- the Democrat Party are basically deferring to him. The DNC they're leaving it to Barack Obama to pick somebody he likes to be the continuation of Obama. Do you know what I mean? Because mm. he's the only popular one they've got. Bernie's too old. He might run again though. Hillary might run again. Trump would be over the moon if Hillary runs again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only worst candidate <laughs> who ever ran than him. Although America seems to be doing fairly well jobs-wise. Economy-wise, yeah. So they might vote him That's... again if they want more of the same. Who knows? Glad you brought that up. People always care about their wallets at the end of the day. Like I was saying, he's, he's Teflon in a lot of ways. Like he said some things that really should have killed his chances of being president. Yeah, some absurd things. Yeah. So absurd. Like the only thing I can say it's akin to is... Um, uh, I think it was Eddie Izzard who like joked about how if someone kills ten people, we're like, oh my god, what an evil monster! If somebody kills ten thousand people, it's like, oh well, um, well that's kind of impressive. Like, <laughs> really, like you treat it differently. Yeah, and that's like Trump. He's so out there, so crass, so vulgar that he's like, wow, you're just sort of like the, amazed by the spectacle of it. Maybe it's the way of the future, though. You know, because before he was president, he was literally just the man off the telly, and you've had people screaming out Oprah for president. He was a household name before that. But you've got people saying like Oprah for president, Oprah for, for president. Can't we have a decent human being, a clever, <laughs> hu- a clever human being for president, rather than your favourite person from TV? Yeah, I know, yeah, yeah. You got a point. Although I would say um, that's the way. Maybe that's the way things are going now. That might be. That's an ep- That's a future episode. The the way that politics and showbiz, the line between the, that separated the two, got blurred over like a forty fifty year period. Mm. And it might it might have started with um, comedians insulting heads of state. I think that might be where it sort of began this yeah. crisscross this crossover. But it's but it's but then it's morphed into um, the famous campaign songs. Like it's what what bands will let which you know, political parties use their music. You had Fleetwood Mac playing with the Clintons. Hey, they paid your record label. Shut the fuck up. And I think, you don't own your music. And I think Jeremy Corbyn was at Glastonbury last year. So, you know, things are... He'll be there this year. Yeah, there is. it's definitely been a cross-pollination going on in the last 50 years. That's what Corbyn's good at, standing in a field on a stage and doing like a rubble-rousing speech. He's good at that. Yeah. That's be Corbyn I nice like. to people. I'm be okay. I, li- I kind of like that, Corbyn. Everyone's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, like <laughs> 50% empty platitudes. I'll give you that. Other 50% is like shitting on Tories. <laughs> but that's like, yeah, it gets a yeah. cheer. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen. I think we're about done chatting bollocks about current affairs. Watch this space, though. Like I said, this was all about predictions for me. We're so, glad to be back there, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. My, my prediction for the long term was Trump is going to be all about space travel. <laughs> That's going to be his long term thing. All about Mars. He's going to team yeah, up with Elon Musk. All, and about, go to Mars. all about space. And That's a one-way trip to Mars, man. Um, Theresa May, I give her literally a fortnight. Ladies and gentlemen, we're glad to be back. Yeah, so it's like whenever you talk glad about Glad to be podcasting space, again and big. Go off on one, it's fascinating. We're back on the cyber waves, producing content again. And hopefully be back to our usual schedule every other Monday. <laughs> like I try to do every Monday. Depends how out- outraged, Depends how outraged we, we get. We hope you enjoyed listening to the Informed Insight podcast. Give us a like. Thank you for sharing your time with us. 
follow us on Twitter <laughs> at ill underscore insight on Twitter and on SoundCloud iTunes as well subscribe on iTunes even though iTunes kind of sucks till next time thank you goodbye Bye-bye. explosions air horns <laughs> bye, bye. bye. <laughs> President Camacho bye.